Welcome to this week's Retro Wrestling Review. It's your buddy and your pal, Ouch. Figure out which way the microphone works better. Can't tell. Oh, well. Um, welcome. We are in the December month, amazingly enough. Which brings up one of my favorite hobbies, over-analyzing Christmas specials. I think it's really fun. Because you just notice weird stuff that they might have not thought through back then. My favorite one to always bring out. In the original Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, they stop at the Island of Misfit Toys. You see all of them. And then, you know, and then watch the end credits. You'll see what I mean. They, they stop, they're in Santa's sleigh. They go to the island. They pick up all the Misfit Toys. And then the end credits... It's the elf in Santa's bag. He's talking. He's tossing out all the gifts. He's talking. Out, he's tossing out all the misfit toys, giving them little umbrellas. They all float down, right? So you know, the pink spotted elephant. He gets an umbrella. He floats down. Uh, the doll, whose problem I don't really remember. He, she gets a. She gets a little umbrella. She floats down. And he picks up the bird. Now remember, the bird toy is on the island of misfit toys because it swims. It doesn't fly. So the elf picks up the bird that swims, looks at it, looks down, looks at the bird again, tosses it right over the side of the sled. Doesn't give it an umbrella, it doesn't float down, he just tosses that thing. Sends the bird to his death, basically. Let's hope, let's hope their swimming pool is still full for the winter months, because that bird, that bird is gone. I mean, I seriously, watch it, you'll know what I mean exactly. Anyways, today's show is... WWF SummerSlam 2000. I wanted to go over this one because the Xbox One version of the WWE Network app has an achievement for watching something from 2000. But for some reason, they took away the points from it, so now it's just an app worth zero, so who the hell cares? But I ended up still watching the show anyway. This opening segment, like they do it, you know how they do the opening video package to kind of introduce whatever? This might be. The perfect case of why you don't have writers. Like, just a booker. That'd be enough. Because it opens up Crimes of Passion, like a film by Freddie Fellini. So it's Freddie Blassie. He sits down in this chair. He's watching the main event scene going on. Like, there are girls in, like, those traditional theater masks with, like, the happy face and the sad face or whatever. Uh, there's classical music going on, there's a woman in hair, with hair and curlers and hair nets, holding a little dog, she spills her popcorn and chocolate-covered raisins, there's no narration. It's beyond bizarre, you don't know who this is for. Because, yeah, the, the audience who loves Fellini parodies, that's, that's, you gotta go for them. What's next? The Werner Herzog opening. I don't know. Jeez. Beyond be beyond bizarre. Uh, rally, rally North Carolina. JR and the King. Here, this is... I found this one weird. JR mentions that the show did a $1.1 million gate. Like, you know, in no great section do they ever really mention the money part. I f- it stands out. 
Because they always think it's like, you know, for the fans and uh, yeah, blah, 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 and stuff like that. But no, they did mention the money part to it. I found it really interesting for some reason. They say that there are ten matches on the card. Oi. Uh, opening up, the right to censor of Steven Richards, Bull Buchanan, and The Good Father. Going up against Too Cool and Rikishi. Whoa. There is a major no-no. The good father shoves down two of the hoes with Too Cool by their face, which is then immediately followed by a Save the Hoes chant. It's like, yes, they want you to buy the network, and yes, they want you to watch certain things. That moment might... That moment might... That moment might not be one of them. There we go. Third takes the charm. Match-wise, there's a denial on the stink face, and then a double denial on the worm, with a Stevie kick, or a Steven kick, uh, the right to censor over. So, double denial. Double denial. Uh, X-Pac versus the Road Dog. The Road Dog does his opening spiel on the microphone. He tosses the mic to Howard Finkel. Finkel completely fumbles it. That was the most entertaining part of the match. And this is when X-Pac started to get booze a lot. I mean... I'm not. I, it, I don't remember if there was an actual heel turn or stuff, but it just seemed like you know he was doing the same thing over and over again, and I think that's why he started to get booed. But X Pac over with some shenanigans, and then the X Factor. That's that's about it. Followed by a weird promo for some local steakhouse. That's that's helpful for everyone. Uh, the intergender tag team match for the Intercontinental Title. Uh, the rules, Val can lose a title no matter who loses, and then either Eddie or China can win the title, whoever gets the pin. Eddie Guerrero and China going up against champion Val Venus with and Trish Stratus. Um, one of my favorite musics, I think, of all time, the obscure Val Venus house remix music. It, it, nobody seemingly remembers it, they go right from his beginning, but it, the house remix stuff, it's interesting. The crowd definitely over for China, you know, mostly because, you know, man versus woman, that's ridiculous. Like, that's that, all that. It feels old-fashioned still. Uh, there's a moment after a suplex they had to make time because China had to re-snap her ring attire. So, great, things are slow enough as it is. Uh, the usual, wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. China pins Trish... After a press slam, uh, China is the new Intercontinental Champion. Weird rule set. It feels Russo-esque, but he wasn't here. But it sounds like it would have came directly from his mind, so... A Radio WWF recap. So maybe they did do a podcast before podcasts. That's, it's, it's what it sounded like and looked like from the recap. Taz versus Jerry Lawler. Actually, a really good build-up. Uh, Taz was abusing Jeremy, Jim Ross, so the King steps up. Then one SmackDown, Taz locks JR in Jerry's rental car. <coughs> mm, that's going to sound great on replay. Let's see here. Taz locks JR in Jerry's rental car, smashes the window with a hammer, and there's a big cut underneath JR's eye. And that's the build-up. Taz comes out, he's wearing a cowboy hat, his sunglasses, and a blind man's cane. 
although, you know, JR wasn't necessarily blinded or anything, or else that would, you know, mean something. It's just kind of random. So, you know, it's a recap of the ECW invasion of 1997 all over again, which was not great for sure. Here's a weird spot. A top rope senton from Taz. What what world is this where he's doing a senton? Uh, Taz mission on Lawler right by the end of the ringside. JR hits Taz with a candy jar because they've always had a candy jar at commentary. You know, same thing as Mini Moose. He's been there the whole time. Uh, King over. Yeah, that, that candy jar spot. That was strange. Hardcore championship. Shane McMahon versus Steve Blackman. Uh, you know, garbage match, kind of what you think. Steve Blackman did hit, like, a spinning back trash can lid, which I did really like. Uh, testing Albert out, it becomes practically three-on-one for a little while. Uh, I think this is your start of the Shane McMahon being a stuntman. He gets chased up the SummerSlam, like, um... Like this rig setup, kind of, I guess. And he pretty much falls from the top of it. And it was up there. It might have been, you know, uh, double a Hell in a Cell, or even more so. And then Steve Blackman follows it with an elbow drop. Uh, new hardcore champion, Steve Blackman. Not bad, not bad. Uh, the same reason that there's a blank spot on the timeline, as always. Two out of three falls, Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit. Ultra-intense brawl, but it still was wrestling-focused. Very good matchup. Uh, Benoit wins the first fall with the cross face. A lot of shoulder work by Benoit, working that over. Y2J wins the second fall with the walls of Jericho. And then Benoit wins the third fall with a cradle with a bit of a rope assist, so... The story keeps going. Again, very good match. I mean, he... Not a great person, but he can still hold a damn card. Dudley Boys versus Hardy Boys versus Edge and Christian in TLC. Tables, Ladders, Chairs. And man, were they pushing tables, ladders, and chairs? Oh my. Again, they're assuming that, you know, there were major pockets of drama majors in the audience. Now, watching this match... ECW probably wasn't great for anyone's well-being, but these TLC matches, they had to be way worse than anything in ECW. And then, here's another dated reference. Devon's what up? Headbutt. Like, it was a commercial. And he's still doing it even to this day. So, you know, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I feel another sneeze coming on. Oh, God. Mm. Full force. Right out the nose. Uh, pretty much your golden standard for, you know, your car crashes and match. You have ladder spots. You have table crashes. Multi-table spots. You have high falls. You have the unprotected chair shots. It's, it is still a spectacle to be seen. Again, if you want to be ashamed to be a wrestling fan... In a thong stink face match, the cat being accompanied by Al Snow versus Terry with Perry Saturn, quote from commentary sums it all up. 
JR says, So Al Snow will be seconding the cat. And then King says, Why? My thoughts exactly. Now, I need a wrestling booker to explain to me how to book a wrestling show in terms of match order. Like, we already know that this match is not going to set the world on fire. And we're assuming that the dopamine drain of the previous match is going to be tough to do because their pleasure center is burned out in their brain. I don't know. It seems weird. Like, it is a thankfully short match. And the cat goes over. I I feel bad for whoever was the agent for this match. Because it's like, you know... You know, it's all former wrestlers and people who have been in the business forever. You know, you always try to help out and things like that. And then, you know, you get Cat versus Terry in a thong match. I'm assuming you just think, okay, uh, does anyone think of any butt spots for these girls to do? You know. I know a hashtag coming up. Uh, Kane versus Sons of Anarchy Taker. Uh, not even a match. Just a brawl between the two, match. Like, there's a referee out there, although the bell never rings, so there's no real point. They're just letting each other fight. No DQ, the, the, just a bit of a mess. The match just kind of stops when Taker rips Kane's masks off, and then Kane runs off. Like, and then that's it. That was very, it was bizarre, short. I don't know. Um, Unnecessary, maybe even, but I don't know. Main event Rock versus Triple H versus Kurt Angle. Triple threat, no disqualification. The timeline said it was long. It didn't feel too bad. Burp. You will know, you know, you will probably know this match. This is the table break they always show when they talk about injuries and stuff like that. It's the one where. It looks the Triple H is given the pedigree on Kurt Angle, but the table gives way prematurely, so it's like you fall when you don't expect it. Like, they fall instead of jump through the table. But when they do, they show that clip, they always cut to Triple H being helped out, except he was completely fine on this show. It was Kurt Angle who got messed up. Like, possibly KO'd legitly, because he was out of it. And then what happens was, like, he, they were trying to keep him by ringside because it kind of, they need him for the match, but it just ends up being Rock versus Triple H. So, you know, with K- Angle KO'd, whatever match they had planned was tossed out the window. So the match basically became a lot of punches with a signature move of each guy thrown in every now and again. Like, it was, now I'm pretty sure Angle was messed up, really, because... He would get covered. It was like one, two, referee touches his shoulder, and then he kicks out. So, he might have been not known where he was. So, uh, shenanigans between Triple H, Angle, Stephanie, blah, blah, blah. People's elbow, so who cares? Rock over is still your champ. Mm-hmm. So, not a bad show. The, the first half is probably better. Like, after the TLC, you can probably not worry about it. Here's a weird thing I didn't mention. A lot of swearing during the show. Like, a lot of, you know, blank U's in the middle of the match and stuff like that. I mean, that's probably a signal of the times more than anything. But, yeah, there was a lot of 
bleeping going on. So, um, match of the night, you gotta go TLC. I mean, they had kind of already done it with... It was a triple ladder match at WrestleMania, so this was the first official TLC. So, but, yeah, it kind of set the standard for your high-impact, low-foresight-to-the-future kind of thing. So, TLC, I do, and I did enjoy it. That is the show. Follow me on the Twitter at JustOuch, capital J-U-S-T, capital A-E-W-C-H. And then check out the Giant Media Ball, giantmediaball.com. Something for everybody, a little bit of nobody. Hey, keep an eye out on We Talk Games. December holiday haymakers. Maybe a special spot, I don't know, just saying. That's not even a great hint. Like, I should have just, it would have been easier to say, hey, look for my episode coming out soon. Uh, Alright, splitting hairs. That's the show, Retro Wrestling Review. Thanks a lot, everybody. Goodbye.